Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will take a step away from the day-to-day market drivers and turn focus to some investment themes to consider for the longer term. Uh, joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Michelle LaLiberty, Thematic Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Michelle, good morning. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we get started, I do want to point out up front to our listeners, our clients, that today's focus will incorporate the four long-term investment ideas highlighted within the Chief Investment Office's recent Q4 Outlook note, uh, which, by the way, can now be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO for everyone's reference. Though, what we'll do this morning is we'll take the four focuses in order. So maybe, Michelle, to begin, we can start with the first focus, and that's on opportunities within the smart mobility arena that CIO sees playing out over the next several years. So what can you share with us there? Sure. Thanks, Dan. So I'll just start by quickly defining smart mobility, because I know we talk about green tech and electric vehicles quite a bit, but when we say smart mobility, actually a bit more than that. We're talking about uh, smart powertrains, so electrification is certainly part of that. Uh, as well as smart technology or autonomous driving solutions, and finally, smart car use. So we would also include services like ride hailing or car hailing uh, when we say smart mobility. And we expect that market, a smart mobility market, to grow to about three to four times today's size just by 2025. Uh, and we see opportunities across the whole value chain uh, from your original equipment manufacturers uh, and the electrical components to the enabling technologies that power these industries. And as I mentioned, the topic of electrification has certainly made a lot of headlines recently with governments proposing new targets to accelerate this transition uh, and also do the infrastructure proposal we've been hearing about so much, at least in the U.S. And the bipartisan infrastructure proposal, as well as the budget reconciliation uh, process, are both relevant for electric vehicles uh, as aimed to increase Things like charging infrastructure uh, that could potentially include tax incentives. Uh, but bo- voting has been delayed on infrastructure, uh, and reconciliation changes just about daily here. So that's something that we'll be watching over the coming weeks to see how that plays out. But separately, uh, car hailing is one area we could see some renewed focus on because the pandemic essentially halted the concept of shared rides or pool rides and Uh, The consumer, of course, just became a little bit more skeptical of sharing their space, right? We also saw things like large events uh, canceled, things like bars and restaurants were closed. And these tend to be things that can encourage uh, car hailing. So that's one piece of smart mobility that could come back into focus here. And I'd also just note before I wrap up that these things can go hand in hand or they are related. So a car hailing service actually just launched right here in New York City uh, that uses electric vehicles only. Uh, So all in all, we expect the way that we consume or utilize mobility to change in the years ahead. And we think that offers investment opportunity as well. 
Thank you for that, Michelle, for walking us through the components of smart mobility. Uh, quite a wide scope there, so appreciate the walkthrough. Maybe turning to the next theme focus, I know Automation Robotics, a CIO, has highlighted this area to be among the long-term winners in the aftermath of the pandemic period, or at least the height of it. So what can you share with us there? I think, Dan, it's a good point that you just made. In automation companies, and we do believe should be among those longer-term winners of the the post-pandemic economy. Uh, In a way, the pandemic really accelerated many of the trends that we had identified for this theme. Even before uh, the pandemic, we still had an aging population in developed economies uh, paired with rising labor costs. And we expected automation to be supported by increased focus on productivity gains and digitalization overall. But then during the pandemic, what we saw was just how quickly global supply chains can be disrupted and really just how fragile they are. Just one COVID outbreak in a factory on the other side of the world can cause delays and shortages across the entire global supply chain. Uh, So we've set companies to begin rethinking their supply chains, uh, diversifying geographic locations, maybe even reshoring, uh, and investing in automation to improve productivity and also to offset higher labor costs, especially if you, uh, you know, move your supply chain to a region of the world with higher labor costs. So just over the last year, about $50 billion uh, in investments in new U.S. semiconductor plans uh, were announced as companies battle the semiconductor shortage across industries. So all in all, we think the cyclical nature of this theme uh, offers some opportunity more tactically uh, during the global recovery and industrial production, and also over the longer term, driven by these strong secular growth trends. Thank you, Michelle. Maybe moving on to the next focus, that being digital assets, including fintech. And you think about digital assets, uh, they have garnered significant media attention in recent years. So what can you share with us there? Sure, it's a good question. And first, I'd say more broadly, we do have a, a positive view on, on financials right now, given you know stronger corporate profitability should lead to reduced uh, loan loss provisions. We also expect yields uh, to, to rise gradually, which should boost net interest margins. But for FinTech uh, more specifically, uh, it's, it's really another area that was accelerated by the pandemic because Really overnight, we saw greater emphasis on contactless payments uh, when we entered lockdowns. Of course, e-commerce and electric payments got a boost. Or sorry, electronic payments got a boost. And now from an investment perspective, we see opportunities in leading payment players, uh, platform companies, as well as disruptors in emerging technologies. And when it comes to digital assets, to your point, has really a uh, gotten a lot of media attention recently and over the last year. So when it comes to those digital assets and distributed ledger tech, uh, we recommend investors focus on the companies exposed to the underlying tech uh, rather than engaging directly in cryptos, because we do believe over the longer term, that's where the more attractive uh, risk-adjusted return lies. And then finally, I would just note that private equity can also be a way to gain some exposure here, especially to those smaller uh, more disruptive or fast-growing companies that tend to be 
and still apply very smaller here. Thank you, Michelle. Now, now the fourth and final focus area, that being cybersecurity, of course, we've taken notice in the headlines how cyber attacks, they seem to be becoming more frequent, sophisticated, and private sector companies, governments, and even individuals taking more strides to mitigate the risks and protect themselves. So what's CIO's view on cybersecurity? Sure. We we really view uh, cybersecurity as a key enabler of many of our structural growth themes. So I know we just spoke about fintech and digitalization, right? Even things like health tech, autonomous vehicles, all of these industries are going to support demand for security solutions. And the risk of these security breaches is certainly high for companies. The average cost of security breaches in the U.S., uh, is about $8.6 million based off 2020 numbers. Uh, and despite this high cost, many businesses are still you know, rather unprepared to deal with this risk. Uh, in fact, the U.S. government this past May uh, issued an executive order on cybersecurity to help identify and to prevent these attacks. Uh, China has also announced new rules on, on oversight of critical IT infrastructure. And businesses are recognizing these risks, so we think they're going to look to invest to help prevent them going forward. Uh, and we think that prevents an invest or presents an investment opportunity. And overall, the market uh, for global cybersecurity has been growing about eight percent annually in recent years. And we actually expect that to accelerate closer to 10% this year. Thank you, Michelle. So before we close out again, just to take inventory of everything that we've covered this morning, again, the broader Q4 outlook piece from the Chief Investment Office is available on UBS.com forward slash CIO. But we've hit on smart mobility, automation and robotics, fintech, digital assets, as well as cybersecurity. So Michelle, thank you for unpacking those four thematic focuses for us. Before we close out, any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to leave for our listeners and their clients? Sure, yeah, I'll leave you with one last comment. And you know, Because we talked a lot uh, about a lot of different topics today, and um, there's a number of ways to actually invest or go about implementing these long-term themes. So for more information, I just recommend reaching out to your financial advisor and talk through how you can go about integrating uh, themes into your portfolio, portfolio while also being mindful of your own goals and your own risk preferences as well. Thank you, Michelle, for dropping by top of the morning today to walk us through these thematic focuses of the Chief Investment Office. A lot here that we'll look forward to keeping track of in the years to come, and we will be sure to have you back for some follow-up conversations. Though, thank you again, Michelle, for your time and insight today. Great. Thanks, Dan. And again, today we've been joined by Michelle Liberty, Thematic Investment Associate, America's with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, before we we close out as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including, of course, the publication which Michelle has been making reference to during our conversation this morning of the Q4 Outlook publication from the UBS. UBS Chief Investment Office. So to Michelle's point, for UBS clients, uh, be sure to contact your financial advisor if you have any questions about today's topics, uh, the implementation ideas that correlate, or if you would like to receive a copy of the publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios 
members to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS Trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Ben Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.